Welcome to the Our Definition of Success podcast. I'm Des Monira and today I'll be chatting with Philip DeBella from DeBella Coffee. He's a passionate businessman, entrepreneur and philanthropist. Welcome, Philip. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. This was such a pleasure, Josie. Your PA is just amazing. She gives the biggest cuddles and hugs. And so do you. I want to leave you out. So let's start off on a happy note. How do you like your coffee? Because I was wrecking my brain last night saying to my husband, how does a coffee connoisseur have his coffee? Did yeah, anyone ever well, ask you that Well, it's question? quite surprising. I'm not that fussy. So, um, But I'm not a milk lover. So um, short, strong and dark sounds good. Now, most importantly, tell us about your vision for DeBella Coffee and take us through when you had that vision and how did you turn that particular vision into something that is now deemed commercially successful? Take, mm. us, take us through that journey. Yeah, well, it's been a great journey. Um, it started in 2002 officially, the company, but of course the vision came well before that. Um, I started working in a coffee shop in uh, Brisbane's Fortitude Valley mm. when I was 18. So I was at Cosmopolitan Coffee. It was yeah. you know, one of the first uh, roasting houses in Brisbane. It was a cafe, very successful cafe that roasted its own coffee. And I started uh, working there part-time while I was studying commerce at university. Mm. And what was there that I fell in love with the whole concept of how coffee was manufactured. So my father was a coffee lover uh, from a young age. I, I got taught very quickly how to put a stovetop espresso okay. together yeah. and on the stove. Um, but my, my deep love fell in when I started working at Cosmopolitan, smelling the fresh aromas, seeing how coffee was being manufactured yeah. um, and doing a commerce degree alongside, which okay. I fell in love with marketing. Um, and I did a human resources and retailing major as well. Um, I was able to put it all together. So I built a vision pretty quickly around this ultimate coffee experience. Okay. Seeing so many people come there on a daily basis and enjoy coffee was just, uh, you know, it was, it was all, I was in awe of it. I mean, this liquid that um, bonds people and, and gets people out into community and gets mm. them sitting around a table talking, um, you know, was really inspiring to me. But um, what I noticed was that whilst people were drinking coffee, not a lot of people knew much about coffee. So I saw an opportunity to, to be an educator um, in the industry. And then the more and more that I spent working at Cosmopolitan, I saw coffee shops pop up and they were looking for quality suppliers and, and this shift happened. They were moving away from imported coffees to locally roasted coffees. Yeah. They wanted something yeah. fresh and vibrant. Um, and, you know, we started to, to build a wholesale side at Cosmopolitan and uh, that was going quite well. But um, unfortunately, um, like all good stories come, I wasn't working for the best people in the world and um, they didn't see the same opportunity that I saw. They didn't, um, they didn't know how to pioneer um, you know, innovation. They didn't look after wow. their people. And um, you know, I spent nine years there and it was the best nine years of my life in terms of learning because yeah. I learned everything what not to do in business. Um, and I say to people today that if you get the opportunity to spend time um, in an industry or at a place that doesn't do th things well, you are going to be far more knowledgeable than working in a successful place where you become, you learn to become an imposter. So um, it was a cosmopolitan that I really cut my teeth and cemented this vision of the ultimate coffee experience. Um, so in 2002, I took the step and said, there's an opportunity here. Let's build a company. Let's build a business that really is known for great branding, yeah. um, backs it up with amazing, sustainable and ethically sourced coffee. Um, and let's build an amazing brand. Yeah. And that was the three, you know, that was the tripod of success was that we built this brand that people could recognize um, and associate with quality and, and trustability and trustability builds likability. Yeah. But we backed it up with the quality. So yeah. we weren't making a promise that we couldn't deliver on. And then, you know, the third part of it was to be consistent. You have to deliver consistency. And, and we found that most companies, you know, in our industry, whilst they might have a good brand, they didn't deliver consistency in their product time after time. So we built this whole company around 
perception, quality and consistency. Now, it's interesting that you say that, Philip, because you obviously had the vision and then you turned it into a business. So for anyone listening to the podcast right now, so they they have the vision, they have the dream. Who are the are the key players that they should be having around them or thinking of employing to take that vision to the next level? Yeah, look, it's a it's a good question and and um it's one that's not easily answered. It's it's anyone that started a business or is about to start the business will understand one thing, and that is there's always uncertainty. Okay. Um there is no magic formula, and I have to say that right up front. Yeah. There is no rubbing of the magic Buddha, there is yeah, no yeah. magic formula, there is no the book that you can read. Give it to you. <laughs> that's exactly right. There is none of this, you know, believe yeah, yeah, it yeah, the yeah. secret, you know, go yeah, get yeah. it, take it unless you want to end up in jail. Um you know, it, it really is <laughs> Thanks, Philip. <laughs> yeah, it really is about this vision. Yeah. Um you need to see it. And the simple part behind that is if you don't see it, how is anybody else gonna see it? Then it comes down to how you articulate your vision. If you can't explain to somebody in 30 seconds or 60 seconds what you're seeing, how do you expect them to buy into it, right? And when people say, well, you know, what is vision and what is a dream? Well, if I threw you the keys to my car and said, here, the first thing somebody says is, where am I going? There's plenty of people that embark on a journey without knowing where they're going. To me, the vision has to answer that question. That's interesting. The, the vision answers that question of where am I going? Where do I want to be? Once I do everything right, what will it actually look like? And to me, it was the ultimate coffee experience. So now when people say, I love Debella, it's an amazing experience interacting with your company. It's an amazing experience drinking your product. That to me tells me that we've done everything right. But yet the vision started back in 2002. So one of the key things that I've learned over the years is that, you know, the vision really is the destination, so to speak. It really is, where do you want to be if I get everything right? So for somebody starting out in any business, they have to really understand what the end game is. What does that success look like if you get everything right? Now, of course, people is what industry we're all in. And this is something that I really talk a lot about, is that when I'm speaking in front of, you know, 100 people, 700 people, 1,000 people, I love asking people what industry they're in. Yeah. And you hear it. Oh, I'm a lawyer. I'm an accountant. You know, I'm in finance. I'm in banking. I'm in insurance. Okay. So when was the last time insurance walked in the door to buy insurance? When was the last time banking walked in the door to buy banking? Good point, Philip. Good point. People walk in the door to choose your product or service. So therefore, everything that we do is all about people. And so people say, what was the key to your success? Become an expert with people. And, and to me, everything's about mindset. You have to have the right mindset. And what happens in business is people fall in love with the idea of business. They don't actually fall in love with their business. They fall in love with the idea of having a business. They think that this ideology of having a business is, is euphoric and amazing. It'll be one of the hardest things you'll ever do. But it can be one of the most rewarding things you'll ever do. But if it's easy today, it's going to be very hard tomorrow. And if something's hard today, it'll be a lot easier in the future. And that's something that, you know, hasn't served me wrong yet. Anytime something's happened that has come too easy in the beginning, normally brings difficulties later on. And something that's been a little bit more testing and harder in the beginning of the process becomes more rewarding later on. It's interesting that you say that too, because, you know, what's sticking in my mind is when you said, get that experience first before you catapult into doing Mm -hmm. your own business and get as much groundwork Mm -hmm. and knowledge as you can. I think sometimes also in the media, and this is where I'm seeing the stifle, is that people fast track people's successes and they don't often... Um, highlight the backstory that it's going to get challenging 
it's not always going to get it be that easy and you're not always just going to have commercial success like that yeah. yet we don't highlight that journey to mm. where the end destination has Perfect. gone to yeah and 100% agree what happens is everyone celebrates the destination and forgets about the journey and that's that's it in summary everyone wants to talk about where the destination is and everyone wants to talk about somebody's success you know in in the journalist size of when they reach success yeah. but no one wants to go back and see what the journey took what it was about they don't want to understand the journey yeah and, Yeah, it's a, the ultimate destination. Now, what advice do you have for people who know they have a great idea, but they are so afraid of taking risks? Yeah, perfect. So, um, the first thing about a great idea is it's got to be a great idea to everyone except yourself. Because okay. I say to people, unless that you, unless you're prepared to be your own customer and you can survive of, of having a customer base of one, which nobody can, then, you know, don't don't get caught up in the whole I have a great idea. You have a great idea if everyone else thinks you've got a great idea because that means they're prepared to pay for it. And if someone else isn't prepared to pay for it, you don't have a good idea, no matter how great you think the idea is. Right? Once you have floated it with a lot of people and 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 um and they have to be honest people of course because at times people will just tell us what we want to hear rather than what we need to hear. Um when I started Debella Coffee I had some amazing people around me that said you know it's going to be tough. You know there's multinationals out there that have got a lot bigger pockets. You know that there's a lot of competition in the coffee industry. You know this, you know that, you know that. And I was so fortunate to have those people around me because every time they raised an issue with me I sat down, wrote it down and worked out on ways that I was going to make sure that I could neutralize those risks and threats. And that was so important because it meant that I went into the coffee world with my eyes open. It wasn't that whole and whilst it's important to have, you know, comforting and encouraging people around you, you also want very honest people around you. Because okay. if all you have around you is people saying, "Yeah, it'll be right, mate. Everything's great. You know, just work hard, plot along." All the all the beautiful stuff that people can say to you, but sometimes inside are going, "Oh, geez." I feel sorry for this person or are they doing this? Do they know what they're doing? I always wanted to be surrounded with honest people and still do. I would rather go into battle with my eyes open knowing what to expect so that I'm prepared. So that's important step number 1. The best advice that I have that when someone says should I when is the right time, get comfortable with your worst possible scenario. The moment you're comfortable with the worst possible thing that can happen, don't let anyone or anything stop you. The moment I was comfortable leaving my job and opening Debella Coffee was the point that it didn't matter that my dad was saying go into government, you've got a good degree. I wasn't listening to other people that were saying, "Oh, go and stick with your job, you're getting paid well." I was comfortable with the worst possible thing that would happen, and that would be that I'd lose $5,000, which is all I started the company with, and that I would then have to go and get a job. And I was comfortable with that. It's the risk management plan I use to this day when someone's presenting an investment opportunity or when they're presenting a business idea or when I'm thinking of doing something or traveling or wherever whatever the it is, I stop and I say what is the worst possible thing that can happen right now? And the moment that I'm comfortable with it, I move forward, and if I'm not comfortable, I sit back and reassess what I'm doing. If you are not comfortable with losing all of your money in a business venture, then don't invest all of your money into a business adventure. Because that adventure is going to turn into a misery very quickly if the worst thing happens and it adds pressure to that you know it adds pressure and you know what breaks people it's not responsibility it's pressure that breaks people you can operate with a high level of responsibility but the moment you load pressure on top of that that is what sends people stir crazy that's what gives them emotional breakdowns that's what causes business failure marriage failures the rest of it it's not the responsibility it's the pressure that gets put on somebody Wow, Philip, we're going to take a short break and leave it there and be back. Mm-hmm.
welcome back. I'm chatting with Philip DeBella. Boy, oh boy, he is giving us great insights. Thank you, Philip, for being so brutally honest with us and sharing your wisdom, your insights, your lessons learned. We can all learn something from this Thank podcast, you. right? Now, we're talking in the break about, um, you know, when someone comes to you with a, you must get a lot of people, you know, wanting to sponsor mm. them and their business plans. What do you look for in that person that you can mm. go, oh, that's going to be a great venture to invest in? Yeah. What does Philip DeBella look for? Yeah, and, and one thing that I do is I've stayed true to origin. So I follow the same format I did for myself. And th- there's only one question that really matters. What problem is this going to solve? Okay, pain and, points. And um, it's very simple. What You know, if you've got a business idea, it's got to be solving a problem. If okay. you're not solving a problem, you don't have a business. Um, okay. It's the same with employees. If an employee has to be solving a problem for somebody, otherwise you don't need them. You okay. know, it's 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 very simple. It's where our value is. That's where we get our notoriety from because everyone loves people that solve yeah. problems. Yeah. So when, when a business idea is pitched to me, the first thing I ask is what problem is this going to solve? Right? And what problems There's, are going to solve? Yeah, okay. and, and, and which is your why. Why are you going to exist? Okay. What's the purpose of this product? You okay. know, the next thing I ask is, well, is it is it innovative? Is it different? Is it new? Is it something that somebody else is already doing and you've reshaped it? Where's it come from? So is it completely groundbreaking, which would need to be tackled in one way? Or is it just, you know, a great idea that's been formulated out of other ideas, like myself, to, to conceptualize it for you? When I started Debella Coffee, the problem I was going to solve was not coffee. You could have got coffee from a thousand different people. The problem I was going to solve is I was going to support cafe owners in their business day to day, which we now call we're not just a bag of beans. If all I was going to be was a bag of beans, I would never have built the ballad of what it is today. To us, it's all about supporting cafe owners to make money. Our purpose is to help cafe owners make money. Our next purpose to consumers is to give them the ultimate coffee experience, to help them understand where coffee comes from, bridge the gap from growers back to roasters, back to, to consumers. But for the cafe owner, the, which is our core core customer, it was all about helping them make money. Now, it wasn't anything completely new, but it was in our industry. And what I mean by that is, when I started in the industry, all coffee companies used to do was ring somebody for an order and deliver a bag of coffee. What we started to do was deliver their coffee, put it away for them, service their coffee machine, provide training, mm. give them marketing advice. Lawyers look after, we've got an in-house lawyer that looks after re- looking over their lease for them. Mm. We have an in-house finance team which helps them with finance, HR information, IR information. We help them with their staff. We help them with their staff training. And the list goes on. We introduce them to networking and supplies. Mm. We built this whole business, innovative business concept, which we now call Crop to Cup, for our cafe owners. But if you break all the steps down, we weren't doing anything new. All we did was wow. put it all together in one business concept in our industry. So when somebody you know, says to me, I've got a new business yeah. idea, yeah. I want to know whether it's innovative completely. So is it, a, is it a, a total innovative new product, which will need to be dealt with you know, a certain set of skills? Or is this a combination of ideas that means that you're going to do something better than somebody else? Okay. Now, let's talk about attitude because you have such an amazing attitude and what I love is that you look like you know where your boundaries are so let's talk about having the right attitude for a moment Mm -hmm. how important is having the right attitude in building and creating the success that you want in life I'm not just talking about the business side Mm -hmm. but I'm talking about the personal side too yeah look everything to me is about mindset everything is about attitude Um, even down to my people we hire the people with the right attitude and we teach the skill why you can't teach attitude you can shape attitude you can influence attitude but you can't build you can't teach it so what what we attitude and mindset belongs to you it's the one thing we own 
as individuals. Okay. My attitude and mindset around success has always been around being able to achieve what I want to achieve in life. Okay. And, and specifically, the way I judge success for me is that I break my life into three areas, personal, professional and family. So we've all got three areas of our lives. There's no earth-shattering news there. Everybody has a professional life, everyone has a family life, and everyone has a personal life. So professional is everything to do with whether you're studying or work. Um, family is to do with your partner, your parents, your children. And personal is you, no one else but you. So I break my life down into three areas. I set my goals every year. What is it? Some call them milestones, some call them achievements, some call them goals. But I write down what I want to do every year in three areas of my life. What is it personally that I want to achieve this year? What is it from a business perspective I want to achieve? And what is it from a family perspective? And you start to see quickly it doesn't revolve around money. Now, some of those goals might have something to do with finance, but I assure you, no more than 20% of, of my goals have ever included finances. They're things like take my children away four times a year. They're things like spend more weekends running around a park being active with my children. Okay. So that's some of my family goals, you know, my personal goals. Um, I've got things on there from do four self-development courses per year down to, you know, self-indulgent, take my Ferrari yeah. on a racetrack, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, for an experience. So different range of goals. The moment that I'm able to achieve those goals means to me I've achieved success. But my barometer for success is personal. It has nothing okay. to do. It's an inward-looking... Um, so living from the inside out. Totally from okay, the inside, not from the outside. I get that. Do you know that whole saying, what other that. people think of me is not my problem? Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can high-five on that. I love that. That's problem. right. It's, I love it's, that. it's not my problem. I mean, of course, I want to be valued by society. I want to be, you know, everyone loves notoriety. Of course, you know, you'd be crazy yeah. and, and not. However, some people, that's all they care about. They care about the notoriety and what people think. And, and all of a sudden, you've got all these outward-facing goals that are there to appease and please other people. And that's something that I've never done. My goals have always been personal to me. They've always been Edward facing. Yeah. They've always been about being the best that I can be. Wow. You know, from a from family, from professional to personal, to be the best. And am I successful? Well, no. I'm not 100% successful because my keep. I've only got one goal that keeps reoccurring and I'm adamant that next year it's not going to be there what? and that is to have a 38-inch waist. And those of those <laughs> that know me, I don't have a 38-inch waist, right? And that goal, I can assure you, has been there for the last yeah. four years. Yeah. And so am I 100% successful? Hell no. There is no way because otherwise... I'd have a 38-inch waist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. now, I'm, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm down to 44. You, you look happy. So, That's the most well, important Well, I'm right? happy, but I still haven't <laughs> achieved it. So I'm at 44. I was yeah. at 48 inches, and I'm yeah. at 44, and I'm on my way to 38. But, um, but you know, to give that live example that not everybody, you know, you might look at somebody and go, oh, what a great success. Success is personal. Success is inward. You know, and there's people out there that will relate to this. When other people keep telling them how lucky you are and how wonderful you are, you might just be talking to somebody that doesn't feel that lucky. That yeah. You might be talking to somebody that doesn't think that they're that successful because their goals haven't been achieved. And that's okay because that's they own that. It's not outward-facing, it's inward-facing. And it doesn't matter. I mean, our children, um, you know, I've got a seven-year-old daughter, which is absolutely gorgeous and um, going on 15 most of the time, but we can handle her at the moment. A um, few more years, it'll be a bit funny. Um, but And a five-year-old boy. And, and what they do for their birthday is they collect money for the Royal Children's Hospital or the, or the Pajama Foundation. You know, they don't want presents and all the rest of it. And what we do is we actually get Arnica to actually take the – the, um, the money she collects into the association, whether it's the Royal Children's Hospital, yeah. whether it's Pajama Foundation, so that she can see what 
all walks of life look like and what all situations oh, wow. look like and that you know you are very fortunate to not be in hospital as yeah. you know as I'm very fortunate not to to be ill and all the rest of it you know yeah. we can always look at what we don't have and but most people lose sight of what we do have you know and it's always chasing what's next what's next and we all do it and I've spent time doing it and I've had to wake myself into reality over the years it's not you know it's I'm not sitting here preaching because I'm just as guilty as the next person yeah. we all get yeah. caught up on yeah. you know what's next what are we doing what am I pushing hard enough am I not and then we lose sight of the reality and the reality is that if you've got your health you have got 90% of what you need in life and that the other 10% you can build on and work with wow that's powerful I love chatting with you because you just bring it home. And yeah, well, keeping it real. Keeping I mean. it real, which I love. Now, this is very interesting because I was sitting last night and thinking about this question. I was thinking, how does Philip de Bella describe himself beyond the title, the Philip de Bella that we see in community? Mm. What do you do to relax, to mm. nourish your soul, to inspire mm. yourself? Yeah, good question. I mean, <laughs> most people wouldn't believe this, but I'm quite introverted. Um, really? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I could be very loud and, and all the yeah. rest of it. But when it comes to, you know, being in new surroundings with new people and all the rest of it, I'm very friendly, but I'm not what one would expect an extrovert. I'm okay. quite introverted. I like listening. I like asking questions. I like listening to people, um, hearing their stories, um, what they're doing, what they're about. I actually like spending more time speaking about somebody else than speaking about myself, um, okay. you know, in, in, especially in that social scenario. You know, and, and some of the times people are like egging me and asking me for questions. And it's like, oh, you know, I spend a lot of time having to talk about myself and the story and your yeah. constant promoter and you're running yeah. the business and, and that, that it's nice to sit back and just listen to other people. Yeah. It's nice to sit back and ask questions and, and see what other people are doing. And, you know, and I, I talk about every time you're talking, I'm not learning anything. The more time I spend listening, the more I'm learning. And I love learning. One of my passions is, is learning, you mm. know. So I love, I've got a passion for education, people and opportunity. They're the three things that really stimulate me is is people, opportunity, and um, education. They're the three things Phil DeBella gets a buzz from. Um, what do I love to do in downtime? Yeah. I love spending time with the kids. So okay. skiing is, is is fantastic. We love we love skiing. We love going to beach holidays. Um, I'm, I like to box. So I've yeah. I've done two charity boxing matches over the last wow. couple of years. Get your I'm going to do. Uh, yeah, there, well, right? it's great. It, it, it keeps that anxiety <laughs> bug away. Um, it probably helps me from not strangling myself or somebody else at times. Um, nothing more sobering than a couple of punches in the face that somebody gives you um, to bring you back to reality. Get on you, um, you have so, to really de stress somehow, Well, it's right? like anything, right? Sometimes you're going to be the pigeon and sometimes you're going to be the statue. Get so sometimes you. you're the one punching and sometimes you're the one copping a few yeah. in the face. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, it all comes down to to that balance and harmony yeah. so um you know i work hard to try and get this harmonious um lifestyle um yeah. it, have i achieved it no um you know it, everybody struggles with with that concept of getting a balanced harmony you know harmonious lifestyle but um the one thing i really make sure i do is that i go away once a year and i spend one week just on myself so i just got back a few weeks ago um and i went down to a health retreat um in, you know down at telebudra and i spent a week on me so it's detoxing it's it's working on mind body and soul so you're training two to three hours a day you're eating healthy you're, you're replenishing the soul you're doing spiritual stuff um but i'm also doing a lot of planning around work you know what are my goals for 2016 what does 2016 look like for me in the three areas of my life and it's that 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 detox time away from everything 
yeah. you know, that you can just really re- reach, I call it recharge, recalibrate, you know, and realign myself with, with what's going on. Do you leave the computer and the phone at home? Um, the computer, yes. The, uh, <laughs> That's the, the one phone thing that I'm people guilty can't of. switch off yeah. from these days. It's just yeah. constantly checking. Yeah. Well, I did off. it once a day, so I did well. I, um, I checked once a day um, and did my emails and the rest of it. I found that if I didn't, I'd probably be more stressed coming back to all of them later. So, wow, and really? all the good work would be done. But, but once a day, I sat there and, okay. and stayed connected. Yeah. Now, Philip Devella, tell us what are a few of the biggest lessons that that you have learned along the way, and can you share that wisdom with? our listeners definitely definitely so as i said risk management wise always get comfortable with your worst possible scenario um that's something that has just serves me too well not to share and and keep reiterating um a few other things like you know you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with you really are if you have a look at what's going on in your life and you have a look and write down the five people that you have around you you'll find that the that most of the time there'll be a direct correlation um you know to what the the type of people you have around you to where you sit where you are right now um you know and i've done that a few times in life that when i've you know if i've ever felt unmotivated i've had a look at the people i've had around me they weren't exactly your motivating type of people when i'm feeling really motivated i have a look at the people around me and i'm actually you know they're all super motivated um so there's some of the five people around you so it's important to keep good company that whole saying that misery loves company is so true so you need to be very aware of the people you have around you you know three know yourself most people spend a lot of time getting to know everybody else but they don't spend the time to get to know themselves. So, you know, I make sure that I I spend a lot of time getting to know myself. What makes me happy? What makes me angry? What makes me sad? What puts me on a high? You know, what drags me down into the ground? So mindset is everything. Without mindset, everything else doesn't happen. So get that, spend the time to get to know yourself, really know who you are um, and what you're about. And that will help you with your purpose. You know, that will help you discover what it is that you want to do, you know? The common denominator of failure is poor communication. You need to be an excellent communicator with people. And communication is not just talking. Communication is body language. How many people do we, you know, sit there and where we could be talking nicely to, but our body language is not showing it. You know, people read more into body language than what they do words. You know, that whole thing of actions speak louder than words. Well, actions are a form of communicating. So when things break down, it's because of poor communication. And then the last thing that I always talk about is that people's limitations are often self-imposed. Don't allow others or yourself to put limitations. But you'll find that the worst person to do it is yourself. So people's limitations are often self-imposed, that we put blankets on ourselves and we're telling ourselves what we can't achieve before we even attempt to. The subconscious mind and the conscious mind don't know the difference from each other. If you were to close your eyes and talk about eating lemons, you would get this sour mouth-watering taste but you're not yet eating a lemon all you're doing is telling your brain you are the subconscious mind and the mind don't know themselves apart so if you start with negative thoughts in the day there's a good chance you're going to have a bad day so what you feed your subconscious is so important you know studies are showing that 90 percent of our minds operate in the subconscious that's pretty scary stuff so you you think about the negative people walking around there in this world telling themselves what they can't do, yeah. telling themselves how bad they are, yeah. telling themselves how, what they're not good at. They've already beaten themselves before they start. And the world doesn't need that. The world needs more positive people oh, doing positive things. High five on that. High five on that. And, and Philip, before we end this beautiful podcast, for people listening now who are thinking of starting up their own business, what are the three 
pieces of advice you would give them that because obviously a lot of people look up to you and your business acumen and your business principles so they're sitting there today listening to the podcast and going philip please give me advice Mm. well three things and it's all in the book entrepreneurial intelligence Um, and entrepreneurship is all about doing things different and better than anybody else but more importantly being able to create your own resources so the three fundamental messages that i talk about it all starts with a vision if you don't have a clearly articulated vision that we spoke about before, then yeah. your chances of success are very limited. You need to have a very clear vision, a one-line vision of what success is going to look like if you achieve it. What is it exactly that you are going to achieve? The next thing is passion. And this is tricky. Passion is not a feeling. You need to be resilient. The amount of people that said no to me to buy my coffee when I started was enormous. And if I wasn't resilient... I wouldn't have kept going, right? The key to passion is resilience. You truly understand if someone's passionate by how many times they get up when they've been knocked down. So the, the second piece of advice is people will say no. You need to be resilient. If you keep doing the same thing tomorrow and the day after is what you're doing today when you're getting bad results, then you'll continue to get bad results. Resilience means that you will constantly evolve and spin a Rubik's Cube until you get the right formula. So if you're truly passionate, you've got to be resilient. And then number three, everything runs on brand. You have to create a strong personal brand and you have to create a strong business brand. People get attached and emotionally connected to brands. You'll find that oftentimes people's choices in products has nothing to do with the quality. It's got everything to do with the brand. How they emotionally connect with the brand is so important. You can have the world's best food in a restaurant But if it's called a bad name, there's most likely you don't want to go there. Or if it doesn't fit an ideology or a belief system and all the rest of it, that goes for handbags, clothes and all the rest of it. Do we really think that that Louis Vuitton bag is any different to, you know, a different brand bag? Most of the time they come out of the same factory. But it's the brand of... Of course, because most women are connected. Well, they're emotionally connected to the Louis Vuitton brand. Hey, I'm connected to their shoes. Why? Because I like them. They're comfortable. Um, The quality is good, and the rest of it. But and it is a good brand. But if they started to sell Louis Vuitton in the supermarket, I probably wouldn't touch it. Um, You know, and that's one of the things we followed at Debella. We don't. You don't buy Debella coffee from a supermarket. If you want it in your home or office, you get it online. You come straight to our website, we manufacture it fresh, and we deliver it to you direct. But you don't get it from a supermarket because it's available in great cafes and restaurants. We don't want to, you know, dampen the brand by putting it in a supermarket shelf. So brand is fundamental. So we see a lot of people spend a lot of time building products, building systems, and they forget about the brand. People will choose your brand before anything else. What that brand stands for then is obviously the next part, and that is the quality and, and, and the value that you deliver on that brand. Building a brand legacy. Now, that was excellent tips and advice. I'm sure I, I can just imagine our audience sitting there with their papers mm. or white, white little sheets and, and making notes. Um, now, lastly, the dun, 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 dun question, what is your definition of success? Yeah, my definition of success is about achieve, being able to achieve success and my goals in all three areas of my life. Mm. So being very clear around what what I want to achieve personally, professionally and family to me is, you know, that's where success comes from. The ultimate definition of success for me is being able to have a harmonious life in all those three areas. 
So to be able to balance the time I spend on family with myself and business to me is true success. Because when I was starting the company, it was 70% professional, it was 20% family and 10% me. Yeah. You know, and, and as the success um, started to grow and we were doing really well, I was then 50% business, 30% family mm-hmm. and 20% myself. Now, moving into the next stage, I've been able to be, you know, 40% business, 40% family okay. and 20% me. What I need to do if I want to achieve the 38-inch waist is yeah. that I need to get to a stage where it's, you know, 30, 30, 30, yeah. you know, or 30, 30 and 40% me. Otherwise, I'm not going to get to a 38% waist. So, you know, that success looks to me is making sure that at the right time, I have the right um, yeah. focus areas yeah. in that in, to achieve that harmony. And you will too. At the end of the day, you know, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. People don't realise that until it's too late. Correct. And they go, why didn't I invest in myself earlier? Exactly right. Um, Philip, it's been an absolute honour. Now, tell, can you share with our audience where to go to buy your um, book, Entrepreneurial um, Intelligence? Intelligence, of course, yeah. You can get our book, Entrepreneurial Intelligence, by Alan Bonsall online at um, okay. debellacoffee.com um, or you can get it from iTunes, Amazon, and download it. Um, I think it's around $6. Um, it's 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 already sold over 20,000 copies. We just don't put the bestseller stickers and all the rest of it on because that's not what it's about for us. What I do love about the book is that the biggest audience has been for high school children. So parents and teachers have bought the book for, you know, for high school children because the first thing that children do at school is, why am I going to school? And remember that the whole concept of entrepreneurial intelligence is around this concept of vision, passion, brand. And therefore, kids are going to school, not for what they're doing today, but what they want to be and who they want to be in 10 years' time. So we're getting, you know, the book's had a lot of traction with um, school children, which to me, I find that very rewarding um, to be able to be impacting on the next generation. Philip, it's been an absolute honour and pleasure to have you. Um, from just sitting in the seat, you are a phenomenal educator. That's the one yeah, thing that I absolutely love taking away. And it's your lessons learned and that you are so brutally honest. And I think that wisdom and that information can only empower people to be realistic in their expectations. So thank you for bringing that no, wisdom. Thanks for having me because if, if people don't do what you're doing, then we don't get the opportunity <laughs> to tell the story. So thank you. Thank you, Philip. Thank you so much. To learn more about today's guest, head to our Facebook page, Our Definition of Success, and follow us on Twitter. Send us your questions. We would love to hear from you. For more information on our podcast, head to www.desmonero.com and also ourdefinitionofsuccess.com. Remember, listeners, the only definition of success is what truly matters to you. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening. This program is proudly brought to you by LateNightMedia.com. For all your podcasting, comedy writing, and hot steaming pod needs, LateNightMedia.com.